Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome everybody to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Network. My name is Peter Pantasy. I am the associate editor of NinerNoise.com, and uh, hopefully getting everybody ready here for a really intriguing matchup for Week 13. The 49ers heading up north to take on their NFC West rivals, the Seattle Seahawks, who at three and eight are literally going through the collapse of a team that I know Niner fans have already been waiting for for quite some time. And despite all the predictions over the years that, oh, this is going to be the year the Seahawks finally fall apart, uh, it never really seemed to happen. And you actually just continued to watch Russell Wilson and company defy the odds, seemingly winning on fluky bases every single week in one-score games or whatever it might be. But those are all the years prior, and right now in 2021, you're seeing the exact opposite as the Seahawks at 3-8, and eight, last place in the NFC West, uh, all but effectively eliminated from the playoffs, not officially, but uh, in terms of reality, they're not going to be able to get into the postseason dance with the way things have gone on over there. So anyway, uh, the 49ers heading up north to take on the Seahawks at Lumen Field. Uh, in downtown Seattle, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that game, a few other things to get us ready for this NFC matchup that uh, was flexed out of Sunday night football, not for anything the 49ers did, but actually because the Seahawks are just that bad this season. So, But before we do, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I want to just make sure that if you enjoy what you hear here on the Niner Noise podcast, whether it comes from Robert Morrison, Chris Wilson, or myself, or any of the guests that we have on, 
uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star review. It certainly helps us with the metrics and allows us to reach more people. Ultimately, we just enjoy having the opportunity to talk all things 49ers and uh, also over at NinerNoise.com being able to to write whatever it is that we've got and to, to just kind of share things there too. So anyway, we do appreciate every bit of interest that you have in what we do here on the Niner Noise podcast. So those reviews and subscriptions, they really do matter a lot to us. So um, anyway, heading into everything here, you've got the six and five Niners who have been on a little bit of a roll, of course, winners of three straight games and uh, three out, or four out of five, I should say and who have really turned their season around and getting into that sort of identity where running the ball early and often and throughout is going to be that that sort of modus operandi that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And, and earlier this season, one of the big question marks with San Francisco was what was the identity? What was the overall objective for this team? And it really felt like a team that was stuck grinding its gears for much of the season. But over this last hot streak, you've seen that all turn around, and the Niners have become that sort of ground-and-pound team that's going to take advantage with opportunistic passing from Jimmy Garoppolo and really just kind of suck the life out of an opposing defense. And the results have been telling. You know, Obviously, over the last three weeks, you've seen a 49ers team that has dominated the time of possession. And what you've got from Week 10... Um, going up against the the Rams 49ers possessed the ball for over 39 minutes week 11 against the Jaguars it was over 38 minutes and then of course against the Vikings uh, last Sunday 37 minutes of possession time in favor of San Francisco and there's no easy way to confuse this I mean it's pretty straightforward if you possess the ball for an extensive period of time your opposing offense they can't get on the field You know, you think about the Rams, you think about the Vikings, they both have prolific offenses, you know, and I know the Rams have been scuffling, they've lost three in a row, and I've got a piece up at Niner Noise talking about some of the issues right now the Rams are dealing with, with some great quotes uh, from some uh, sources around the the rest of the league that were provided to fan-sided about what's going on with the Rams right now. And of course, the Vikings, they have an explosive offense too, but the Niners have been able to negate those simply by the fact that they've been able to outpossess the other teams. Now, you think this would be a great advantage heading into week 13, right? I mean, the 49ers aren't allowing opponents to, to be on the field. They're tiring out those opponents' defenses. And the Niners have scored 30-plus points in each of these three wins on this win streak, right? So you think that'd be an advantage over Seattle, true? Yeah, of course it's true. The Seahawks are actually the worst team in the league right now as far as time of possession is concerned. Dead last in non-overtime time of possession at just 24 minutes and 9 seconds per game. And then if you look at back at their last three weeks, the amount of possession time the Seahawks have had uh, holding onto the ball on offense. Week 10 against the Packers. 20 minutes, 51 seconds. Week 11 against the Cardinals, 19 minutes and 38 seconds. And then, of course, on Monday Night Football in Week 12 against the Washington football team, 18 minutes and 20 seconds. So, yeah, if you're trying to figure out the things that are wrong with Seattle, you can pretty much pin it on those offensive drives, stalling out, 
and then a Seahawks defense that you know has pieces here and there and has improved a bit, uh, at least in some regards, uh, having to be on the field for far too much. And that's what happens when you when you watch a Taylor Heineke-led uh, Washington football team actually manage to impose some will against Seattle en route to uh, beating them in prime time. So yeah, as far as the 49ers' actual ability to maintain possession, uh, this kind of new approach from Kyle Shanahan and the offense, run the ball, control the clock, keep that opposing defense out there on the field. If there's any time not to change what's worked for you, this is it. The Seahawks, that defense is going to be worn out. Uh, that offense in Seattle, even with Russell Wilson bouncing back a little bit against Washington after two ugly games against the Packers and Cardinals the previous two weeks, uh, this is still an issue the Niners can look to exploit. All right, so one of the things that I do just kind of want to stress about this game, though, is you think, all right, fine, this is going to be an easy-to-do thing. The 49ers are just going to run, run, run. And that's it, right? And yes, of course, Debo Samuel is expected to be out with that groin injury that he suffered last week against the Vikings. Um, Fortunately, it's not going to be anything too serious, but it's something to monitor. The Seahawks' run defense, it's nothing like it was earlier this season when there are really some massive concerns whether or not the Seahawks could stop anybody on the ground. Since that week four matchup when these two teams last squared off and the Seahawks had a very permeable run defense back then, I think they were allowing something like 4.9 yards a carry, uh, Seattle's clamped down on that quite a lot, actually. So they enter week 13 with the league's fourth best rushing defense, allowing just 3.9 yards a carry. So you think about that, and it's going to be tough for the 49ers to move the ball on the ground. Now, granted, maybe that kind of plays into what the Niners want to do, because let's say they're averaging four yards a carry, and they're just going to run for four yards, run for four yards, and then run for four yards again. Well, hey, guess what? (laughs) You're taking up plenty of time and uh, picking up first downs every time, too. But nevertheless, you look at that Seattle defense, and you think, okay, they can stop the run. Debo Samuel's not there, which means you're going to be focusing on a lot of Elijah Mitchell uh, on the ground, but then you also have to see where else the production is going to come from. And so another piece that I have up over at Niner Noise is really focusing on some of the other players who need to step up with Debo Samuel out. And of course, Elijah Mitchell is going to be one player, right? You're looking at him to, to really shoulder that load on the ground. And you're probably going to see a bit of an uptick from someone like Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, who you know made his return recently and hasn't been too big of a factor, but he's been out there. Uh, Jeff Wilson, in a way, kind of reminds me of a player that you can do some Debo Samuel-like things with. Kind of the opposite way. He's a running back first, of course, but his pass-catching skills are a little underrated. They're not really looked at. Strong, physical, we know that. So it's possible that you might see a little bit more of Jeff Wilson this weekend as sort of that change of pace back to Elijah Mitchell. Of course, though, you're going to be missing Debo Samuel's receiving prowess. And yeah, he hasn't really been a big of a receiver the last two weeks, having just one catch in each of those two games. But nevertheless, when he's out there running routes, opening up the door for other pass catchers, such as Brandon Ayuk or whatever, uh, you're going to need someone to fill that void. So, of course, you're going to be looking at Brandon Ayuk. He's been getting the lion's share of snaps and yards through the air over the last two weeks 
quietly having three catches for over 90 yards against the Vikings. It seemed like those were just kind of easy cruise yards that uh, were clutch and, and in key situations. And you're like, oh, I didn't think he had that many catches, but he had over 90 yards. Wow, pretty impressive. Um, and then, of course, you might take a look at how someone like Jawan Jennings, who is slated to fill that void that Debo Samuel left. Uh, Jennings has got that physicality, can break tackles, doesn't have the speed, of course, but someone who can nevertheless wind up providing that kind of imposing will, who isn't afraid to get down and dirty in the blocking, that's going to be something that plays a, a, a crucial role in making sure that you stay involved in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Two players that I'm actually going to keep an eye on in this game, as far as the passing offense goes, because again, Seattle can stop the run. It's not like this is a weakness for them. But two players that I'm going to be looking at as far as the uh, the pass game goes, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk. And the reason why, and I think the Athletics' David Lombardi was talking about this earlier over on Twitter, mentioning that Seahawks linebacker Jordan Brooks, the former first-round pick, uh, he has been a liability in coverage. And that's been something that I think the 49ers are going to look to exploit quite a lot. Uh, namely just because him in pass coverage is an opportunity for someone like Juice Check to create those mismatches. Uh, George Kittle, who only had one catch for 13 yards last week, again, another opportunity uh, for the San Francisco 49ers to actually try to, to take what the defense is giving them. And so if Seattle's defense is going to look to take away the run game by stacking the box with six defensive linemen or five defensive linemen, however they're choosing to do it, that's going to be something that you're going to want to monitor. So yeah, again, it's another thing that you have to consider thinking about. I don't know whether or not this is going to completely open up the 49ers passing offense to a degree we haven't seen in some time. Or if Kyle Shanahan's going to try to stick with that run-first MO and look to just wear down Seattle to the point where you get into the first, uh, fourth quarter and Seattle just can't stop anybody, especially on the road. There's nothing more debilitating to an opponent than going into their building and just completely flattening them to the point where it's a quiet environment and there's nothing they can do. Of course, that's going to be the prime objective. And so you're going to be looking for that to take place here. So anyway, look for those players to get involved, making up for Debo Samuel going out there um, and trying to, to, to alleviate his absence on the field. So anyway, just a quick note, want to go through some of the injuries specific to this game. Of course, we're recording this here on a Thursday evening, so don't quite know how things are going to be working out for the 49ers in their injury report. Um, Dre Greenlaw, he's missed practice already with that groin injury that he re-aggravated last week. Um, Devontae Harris, depth cornerback, he's been out with a concussion. Uh, Debo Samuel, probably going to miss this week. Maybe one more with that groin injury. Thank goodness it's nothing more than that. Uh, rookie running back Trey Sermon, he's not practicing because of an ankle injury. Probably going to be out for a little while too. And then another big thing that we've kind of worried about a little bit, and that's Fred Warner with that hamstring injury. Also likely that he might miss a week or two, meaning that with him and Dre Greenlaw both being out, you're probably going to get a lot of Aziz Allshire and uh, and maybe some Demetrius Flanagan Foles. Remember him, that backup linebacker? He's probably going to be in the mix. Same thing with Marcel Harris. He left uh, last Sunday but was able to return. And then, of course, you've got a few other people that you've just kind of been monitoring a little bit. Maurice Hurst, defensive lineman who seems to have missed the entire year. He's actually limited in practice with that calf injury. So hopefully the Niners can get him back. 
good depth piece, a player who is looking really, really good during training camp, unfortunately just hasn't been able to stay healthy, but that depth will be crucial. Uh, on a positive note, it looks like Jamichael Hasty, who's been dealing with an ankle injury, will probably be back. So with Trey Sermon going down, Hasty returns. And so you'll look to have that full crop of, uh, of running backs with Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jamichael Hasty all in the mix. So yeah, that should be kind of interesting to at least watch. We'll kind of figure out how that works out. Uh, another couple of things just kind of keep on for the, the other side of the equation from the Seahawks. They've actually listed DK Metcalf, the big, strong wide receiver. Uh, so far, he's been limited in practice with a foot injury. Same thing with running back Alex Collins. He's been dealing with an abdomen injury, and uh, he almost forgot that he was there. But yeah, Rashad Penny, the running back, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, and uh, and yeah, so a couple of things to just kind of keep an eye on for, for Seattle. They're a little nicked up and banged up too. But that right there creates a matchup that I know is going to be the focal point for week 12, or I'm sorry, week 13, looking at how these two teams will balance up. So anyway, before I get into you know reasons for excitement and reasons for concern, I just want to make sure that we kind of have this whole idea of what's on tap for the 49ers as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Currently sitting at the number six seed, uh, the Niners at six and five, they have that you know real chance of getting up to the five seed. I don't think they're going to wind up winning the division. It's probably about the time where. Arizona crowns that and so one of those top four seeds yeah <laughs> nine and two Cardinals are pretty pretty strong in that department so as your division winner but uh, the Niners right now at the number six seed trailing the Rams who we talked about a little bit earlier with that scuffle that they're on Rams are in the number five seed at seven and four now the Niners can't sleep too happily and if you're watching that Monday night football game between the Seahawks and football team you're probably honestly like me rooting for the football team, right? I mean, why could you why could you root for the Seahawks? Like, no. But honestly, it probably would have been better if the Seahawks would have won, at least in terms of the standings, because right now, Washington is in that number seven seed with a five and six record. And then, of course, the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints, they're all trailing as well um, in seeds number eight through ten out of the playoffs but with five and six records. So very much in the dance. Um, but meanwhile, you've got your Seahawks hanging out at number 15 in the NFC playoff picture, just above the winless Lions. So, hey, way to go, Pete Carroll. Way to go, Russell Wilson. Uh, you're, certain, you're certainly meeting expectations. Sorry, I got to talk a little smack just because it's a little bit of fun. And, uh, you know, there's that one certain uh, Seahawks blogger who uh, has held nothing back <laughs> when it comes to criticizing 49ers, 49ers fans and everything and, and saying all kinds of, of weird stuff. I won't say his name. I'm sure if you know who he is, you know. But uh, yeah, never a bad thing for me to throw a little bit of a jab here and there. So anyway, let's jump to kind of the next focal point of, of this discussion. And that's talking a little bit about why we can be excited for this game and, and why we can think that, yeah, the 49ers should just absolutely jump up and down over the Seahawks and dominate them. And then why there's concerns, you know, why there's a little bit of a worry. So starting off with the reasons to be excited, like, wow, this is completely a mismatch in 49ers favor. Like, <laughs> like this should absolutely be a pounding. So as I mentioned earlier, the 49ers, they've been on a hot streak as of late. Um, they've scored 30 points or more in 
all three of their recent three or games in, on this three-game win streak. And then, of course, of their four wins out of five, uh, those have been scoring more than 30 points as well. And the only game that was kind of questionable in terms of, you know, that precarious lead, if you would, out of those four wins was against the Vikings, right? And you think, okay, 49ers win that 34-26, but if the Niners don't give up that one kickoff return for a touchdown, you know, and, and, and maybe if Robbie Gould winds up hitting on his field goal, like, there's some swing and points in a little bit of a different direction there. So maybe that win doesn't come off as close as it felt at the time. I know it certainly did for, for most of us. So the Niners are on a hot streak. The offense is rolling. You know, they've been able to, to get creative, get back to their roots of a run first attack. You know, they've made up for players being out like Elijah Mitchell when he was down for a little bit. Now it's going to have to be making up for Debo Samuel. Not easy, but nevertheless, the talent is still there. I talked about Brandon Ayuk getting, you know, coming on as of late. George Kittle's been kind of quiet this season, but he's still a potential weapon, right? He's still a massive weapon. Uh, you know, Kyle Juszczyk, when you get him the ball, good things tend to happen. And the, that offensive line on the left side, especially with Trent Williams, I mean, that's that's a mauling unit. So you factor that in. You factor the 49ers have been absolutely dominant in time of possession this season. Uh, you know, Just to kind of give you an idea, the 49ers' average drive time is almost three minutes. So their average offensive drive is almost three minutes. That's 10th best in the league. And then, of course, you go back and you look at the last three weeks where they've been having these you know, 8, 9, 10, 13-minute drives, uh, just completely chewing up like almost an entire quarter of possession time. Well, that tells you a lot. And the Seahawks, they're not equipped for that. You know, Again, mentioning how the Seahawks were dead last in the league in terms of time of possession. So it shouldn't surprise you that the Seahawks are dead last in average drive time, uh, you know, which is just over two minutes, two minutes and 13 seconds to be exact, dead last in the league. And then on average, Seahawks uh, offenses are having plays of only 4.98. So they're averaging 4.98 plays per drive, also dead last in the league. Correspondingly, their opponents have have had offensive drive durations of, 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 of over three minutes um, on average, three minutes, 18 seconds, average play duration of 6.8. Again, the Seahawks rankings there, worst in the league in both accounts. So if you want a, a, a reason to be excited about this game, a reason for hope why the 49ers will improve to 7-5 and five and just kind of kick in the proverbial teeth of the, uh, the Seahawks playoff hopes, which are already so grim and low, that's it. It's time of possession. It, it, it really can't boil down to anything else. The 49ers have been possessing the ball like crazy as of late. The Seahawks haven't been able to get the ball into their own hands anywhere close to as enough as possible. So yeah, that's a reason for hope and optimism. However, as anybody who's watched the 49ers and Seahawks over the years will know, Seahawks 49er games always tend to be a little bit different. And I don't know why things can get fluky. I don't know why things can get weird. But they do with Seattle just for some odd way. I don't know why. It's a loose ball or something happens on a weird fumble or a ball flies off you know, a player's helmet and bounces into a Seahawks player's arms. Whatever. The weirdest things happen when it comes to Seattle. And then, of course, when you start factoring in that it's at Lumen Field, a place where the 49ers haven't won a regular season game outside of that memorable 2019 regular season finale, since before that, going back to 2011, yeah, that's a cause for concern. 
It's also a cause of concern that, you know what, Russell Wilson, I know he hasn't been great since coming back from that finger injury. Uh, I know DK Metcalf's kind of been an afterthought over the last few weeks. Tyler Lockett's still been really good. And if you figure there's going to be a game where Seattle is like, you know what, the season's lost. Russell Wilson's probably out. Pete Carroll's probably gone after the year. I don't know what's going to happen there. But you know what? If we can just go out and piss off somebody and help throw a dagger into their playoff hopes, this is the game for it. Let's go out there, sweep the season series against the 49ers, embarrass them out of way, rely on the home crowd who, you know, obviously every single Seahawks fan up in Seattle loves the 49ers anyway. This is going to be the week to make it happen. So when you're a team that's playing, I won't even say desperate, but just reckless, like, hey, what's to lose? We're already bad this year that's going to be the Seahawks context. And so that's a cause for concern. And, you know, I know the 49ers are going to get up for this game. Yes, the Seahawks are, you know, traveling back west after the short week back in uh, Washington for Monday Night Football, um, all of that. But, yeah, that's a cause for concern. It's Seattle. It's Russell Wilson. It's it's the 12s. It's DK Metcalf, you know, getting back on track. It's Tyler Lockett continuing to be a massive thorn in the 49ers' side. It's that fluke weird play that just tends to happen one way or another that just kind of goes goes odd or whatever. So, again, those are some of the things that I'm absolutely concerned about for this game. I'm pretty sure everybody who's watched any vestiges of of Seattle and San Francisco over the past decade would tell you, yeah, that pretty much makes sense. However, if you had to ask me for a prediction, if I was going to go out and actively predict the Seahawks pulling off a home victory, I'd have to tell you no. (laughs) I'd have to tell you no. The Seahawks' problems, they run deep, and there are issues there that aren't seen, that aren't talked about in post-game, that you don't necessarily quite get when you're watching the games themselves. There are issues going on there, and again, those permeate onto the field. The time of possession factor, the, 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 the streaks by which both teams are going... You know, you see how well the 49ers have been playing. They've been on the right side of the turnover differential these past few weeks. They've been you know, getting back to their basics of running the ball and doing well at that. Whereas the Seahawks have kind of lost that identity, whatever it was before. And in years past, when they've had struggles, Russell Wilson's been able to carry them over that. That's not happening right now. So if you're going to be looking at a prediction here, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly going to go in the 49ers' favor. Right now, looking at the odds from our partners over at WinBet, the 49ers are three-point favorites. And then you factor in that this is a road contest, which usually gives the home team three points anyway. So technically, from that sort of virtual spread, it's a six-point favorite for the 49ers if this game was played at a neutral site. So the Niners being favored by WinBet, by three points for this game, I'm going to go ahead and actually take the uh, the 49ers covering in this game. So I'm going to look at a game that winds up being uh, 27-20 in favor of San Francisco. I don't think the 49ers quite get to 30 points in this one just because, yeah, they might start off a little slow up in Seattle. They might not be looking to try to just absolutely run up the score or anything, but rather just control the clock, control the clock, control the clock. They don't care if they're, you know, taking eight, nine-minute drives, and ultimately that could cut into... Uh, into the sheer total of the score. 
But again, Seattle's going to have a tough time trying to move the ball, trying to have a tough time, you know, establishing that time of possession that we mentioned earlier. So I'm going to go with 27-20 in favor of the 49ers for this victory. Uh, they'll improve to 7-5, and five, while the Seahawks will fall to 3-9. and nine. You hate to see it. Absolutely rough for them, right? I'm shedding tears as I speak for Seattle and their fall from grace. So anyway, that's going to be our prediction here. And then, of course, once the Niners finish that up, uh, things definitely get interesting afterwards because <laughs> the Niners get that, that extra play-in game with a 17-game with a schedule taken to the road again and having to face off against the Cincinnati Bengals who are up and down, who've played absolutely on fire this season and then have looked terrible this season at the same time. So we'll see what happens there. That's a week 14 home matchup against the Atlanta Falcons on the road again on a short week for Thursday night football against the Titans just before Christmas. And then when we start kicking off into 2022, the Houston Texans is at home before a week 18 finale on the road against the Rams. I know that one will be a lot of interest and depending on where things are in terms of the playoff picture, could have a lot of implications. But you know what? The 49ers are only worried about this upcoming Sunday. 49ers, Seahawks, Lumen Field, uh, 1.25 p.m. Pacific, 4.25 p.m. Eastern. Be sure you're heading over to Niner Noise in the meantime, uh, in advance of the game, during the game, and after the game. Uh, that way you can take a look at what we've got to say about everything that's going on. So anyway, as we're wrapping things up here, just want to make sure, again, we do appreciate it if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, as well as leaving us that five-star review. It helps us out, and we appreciate it. It makes me feel so good when we get those reviews, because it's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing something right for a change. Uh, as well as going ahead and give us a follow on Twitter, at SFNinerNoise, or at SFNinerNoise. And that's NinerNoise.com, at SFNinerNoise on Twitter, NinerNoise.com. You can follow me on Twitter, too. I'm at Peter Panacey, at Peter Panacey, just how it sounds. And for Robert Morrison and the entire staff here at Niner Noise, want to say thank you once again. Go Niners. Let's beat the Hawks. And let's go ahead and sound the horn. <laughs>
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.